At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is hour number three of the Nightcap coming to you from the VSEN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here. We've been talking college basketball all night. So we got to bring in our guy who's been a frequent guest here on the Nightcap and across our VSEN airwaves. Let's talk to Jim Root of the Three Man Weave. Jim, we appreciate you joining us here this evening. And in college hoops, we got to start with the game. Triple overtime between Xavier and Providence. Now three of their Providence's last four wins have been an mm-hmm. OT here. I mean, do we eventually have to start buying into this team despite what the metrics say? The ultimate question, like, is this a uh, a fluke or, or is it luck <laughs> or, or do we just have to start to believe it? And the more I watch them, the more I'm starting to think it, some things just can't be quantified. It, they They make big plays late constantly. The Al Durham, Jared Bynum combo at guard, just they, they hit big shots every single game. They had a couple tonight. Durham hit a turnaround that tied the game late in regulation. Bynum hit like a step back mid ranger in overtime. It, it, these are actually tough shots, but they do it game after game after game. You start to think maybe they just have like a, a special kind of confidence. So I, I think heading into the NC tournament, they're probably going to be a darling that everybody wants to fade because of the metrics, mm-hmm. but the, the really the most shocking outcome would be if they just dominate their first round matchup and everyone's like, where, where was this all year? Uh, so I, I guess I'm closer to thinking they're legit, but I, there's still a little skepticism because they're playing with fire with all these close games. Uh, will they get a reality check when they play against Villanova on Tuesday? Because I have a feeling that Nova just rolls over them. Yeah, I think so. And it seems likely uh, if they, they're playing Creighton this weekend, and Creighton's probably going to be shorthanded. Their point guard likely broke his wrist tonight. So if they beat Creighton, they will have clinched the outright Big East title, and that game won't actually matter against Villanova. I can see Villanova exercising some demons and just just kind of trying to beat the tar out of them because how would that make they, sense? Mad they didn't get the title. How would the, how would that make sense? Because obviously there's an uneven schedule because I guess COVID cancellations and whatnot. So Villanova could actually finish with 16 wins in the conference, 16 and four. And then, and then if they beat uh, uh, Providence and sweep them during the season, and Providence finishes at fourteen and three, they win the conference over Villanova. 
Yeah, I guess they're giving to him on uh, on fewest losses. I win percentage. Like the, I guess the win, win percentage, percentage would would matter. That's that to me. That's just crazy. I mean that then right. if that's the case, we are just hammering Jay Wright and Villanova <laughs> in that game. If they know that they're not going, that that is, that is an angry Wildcat team on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it's so weird too because it, Providence does not have a game on the season's final weekend. Like they have an open window, yeah. But the league opted to not reschedule any of these three tough games at Creighton, at Seton Hall, and versus UConn at home, all of which they would be an underdog in, and they're not having <laughs> to play any of those three. So it's working out pretty well for the Friars there. We're speaking with Jim Root of Three Man Weave. Uh, Michigan, they had their first game this evening without Juwan Howard. He's serving his regular season suspension here. They were able to get the 71-62 win over Rutgers going off as five-point favorites. They went ahead and covered. What is the ceiling of this Michigan team? If they're able to get into the tournament because the metrics do love Michigan as they don't like Providence, they like the Wolverines. What is the ceiling of this team if they get into the field of 68? They could be kind of dangerous. Uh, you know, they've got like a legitimately first team, all conference caliber, big man in Dickinson. Maybe the guards are starting to come along. They had a nice game tonight uh, without Diabate as one, one of their key weapons. I just, I don't know. They haven't really put it together this year against quality competition. It's reflected in that, that resume. That's kind of lacking some of the top end wins. It's hard to imagine them suddenly turning it around and figuring that out in March, but there's talent here. The coaching staff's really, really strong. As you saw, they, they didn't miss a beat without Jawan Howard tonight. Martelli and Isley in Washington, really good uh, crop of assistance on that squad. So it, the ceiling's probably high. I just don't really think they'll reach it because of the guard play. I think that's going to be their flaw come March. I was going to follow up because I talked with Scott on Tuesday, and I was like, hey, is this team almost like this year's UCLA kind of sneaking in <laughs> to the tournament, a Power 5 school that's got a lot of tradition that maybe makes a run? Do you, do you see any sort of comparison there to last year's Bruins who were an 11 seed and went from first four to final four? I, there's there's certainly a possibility. I mean, the, the, they're higher ranked than UCLA was in, in, in predictive analytics last year entering the tournament. Of course, UCLA finished a lot higher with with the run they went on, but Michigan has the ability to make that run. I I kind of think they're closer to Michigan State last year, who mm. snuck into the NCAA tournament, played UCLA in that playing game, actually had them beat, but then couldn't make free throws, couldn't close it out, and the rest was history. The Bruins go on to the Final Four, and Michigan State goes home. That that's my sense with this Michigan team, but they're certainly talented enough to to make that kind of a run. Let's go over to the SEC, uh, Kentucky. Uh, if they win the the conference, if it's whoever wins the conference, if it's Kentucky or Auburn, are they automatically penciled in on the one line? It feels like it because they're they're going to have to pick up a couple wins to get that that uh, the conference title. And Auburn's probably there right now, but if Kentucky wins, that would imply Auburn dropping a game. Yeah. Kentucky's been in, in, in really impressive without Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler these last two, basically showing that they can win without those guys. They've got that monster head-to-head win at Kansas on the resume that the committee kind of told us uh, during the reveal that if you're right next to them on the seed line, the head-to-head thing matters. And only if you're right next to each other, but if you are, then it matters. So if they're five and Kansas is four or vice versa, I think that will be a little bit of a tiebreak for the Wildcats. And quite honestly, they're one of the best four teams in the country. So yeah. they, they probably deserve to be on the one line. 
Jim, I want to ask you about a game that we're going to see tomorrow night out in the West Coast Conference. The number one ranked team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who we don't talk about much in terms of the betting landscape because they're oftentimes massive favorites, but they're taking on San Francisco. Going to be tested in conference play for the first time this week with San Francisco tomorrow, St. Mary's on Saturday. Zags laying nine and a half in this game against the Dons. Total 155 and a half at DraftKings. What do you make of the side and the total in that game? And do the Zags have any weaknesses heading into the tournament? This one's so tricky. This is like easily the toughest road game Gonzaga's played all year. They've only played four, and their toughest was BYU, who's really started to to fall off. This is the first time they've laid single digits since December 14th. And wow. on December 14th, they got smacked by Alabama. So you go all the way back to that, and that, that was the last time they were not laying a, a big double-digit number. That said, as much as I like San Francisco, and I think Todd Golden is going to have a really good game plan Sometimes you need more than a game plan for this Gonzaga team. You need a ton of dudes and the Dons have a couple in the backcourt, but maybe not enough to keep up with Gonzaga. Uh, If there is one weakness for the Zags going into the NCAA tournament, I I think it's their wing defense and keeping guards in front off the dribble. I think both Duke and Alabama showed that and and took advantage of it in in the Zags losses. So if you've got some uh, teams with dynamic guards that can actually get by you and and force Gonzaga to rotate defensively and not just run straight into Chet Holmgren and his uh, like Hmm. 10 foot wingspan, (laughs) that's probably where, where Gonzaga could get beat. Is there a dark horse for you uh, in the big 12 tournament? Uh, Maybe a a chance to uh, get a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Someone that's not named Kansas. Does Texas tech count as a dark horse? Can I give them? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Well, what do you think? Can they get a one seed if they win the Big 12 tournament? That's a great question. I, I feel like they're probably not going to be able to quite get there. They didn't schedule that well in the non-conference. Like they just didn't play enough tough games. I think that'll probably knock them down, hurt their win profile a little bit. But, man, they're up to number six in Ken Palm, and predictive analytics have kind of been proven to be a, a factor in the seeding process. Yeah. So as long as they do rack up some wins and they keep blowing teams out and moving up in – in these quality metrics, as the committee calls them, then there's a chance. They'll be a they, tough, be a tough might, two yeah. seed. I'll tell you that much. Oh God. Yeah. Like you, you don't want to play this. Like they're not going to beat themselves. They're so physical. They keep you out of the paint. You have to knock down a bunch of jump shots. It's going to be like, like a, a getting a root canal trying to beat that <laughs> team at large. The ranked top 25 matchup that we have coming up tomorrow night is in the big 10 between Ohio state and Illinois. This one in Champaign, the Illini laying six total 140 here. This Illinois team, they're balanced. They seem like they have the goods here, but is there anything that's missing for them this team right now? To me, they seem just a little off and a little inconsistent at times. Yeah, it, the, the the point guard play with Curbelo's not been, I think, what we expected heading into the season. We thought maybe he would break out, have an all-American caliber campaign. He's dealt with injuries, he dealt with that concussion for a while. That was an issue, and I don't think they've fully gotten that figured out yet. Uh, they actually, I, I thought, played really well at Michigan State over the weekend. But Tyson Walker for, for Michigan State just went like basically Seth or Steph Curry in the second half, and that's hard to deal with. Uh, Ohio State struggled lately. Should have dropped two in a row at home, but Indiana gave him gave him back the game uh, on Sunday. So I, I kind of think Illinois is able to get that one done. Laying six is a little bit shaky, but if I had to take a side in that game, gun to my head, it would be the Illini. I just think there's too many shooters and no one to deal with Kofi Coburn on that Buckeye roster. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Moving ahead to Saturday. Can Sparty pull it together and have a Sparty party and upset Purdue at home? 
And that would that would just you know be the the perfect uh, Tom Izzo swivel on us, right? Like, <laughs> oh, they're they're getting blown out by teams on the road. We're not sure if they're even good anymore. And then suddenly they beat the the Big Ten's yeah. top dog. <laughs> I don't think it happens. I, I I'm not willing to go out on that limb. Yep. Uh, I think they're going to struggle to defend inside. Their big man rotation is like a, a game of musical chairs. They can't keep guys out there. They just <laughs> sub them in after three minutes every time they make a mistake. Point guard rotation's got some issues itself. Uh, I think Purdue is just kind of going to outclass them with their size and their shooting. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not quite Tom Izzo in March yet. Uh, Jim, I was thinking about taking Sparty, but now I'm going to have to rethink that whole strategy here. Yeah, I think, I think you should. I, 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 was, I was liking the Sparty party at the Breslin Center, but let's go back to the drawing board with that one. Check back well, Saturday We'll see morning. what the number is. We'll see what the number yeah, is. You know, if, it's, yeah. if it's six or seven get at home, maybe that's a decent line for the home uh, dog. If you're giving me six, I'm going to get suckered into this thing with Michigan State. <laughs> he is Jim Root of Three Man Weave. Jim, we appreciate you joining us here this evening, and best of luck going forward. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, guys. Thanks, Jim. I'm not getting suckered in. You, you go ahead. Yeah, and you you I, go ahead and do I, it. I'm going to be the guy that gets suckered into Sparty Party. On the other side, we'll talk more college hoops here. This is the Nightcap on VCB Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circus Sportsbook. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. You're hanging out here this evening. Tim and Sean getting a little bit of rest and yeah. recovery after the Super Bowl blitz there, or the big game blitz, as I should say there. But uh, college hoops has been interesting tonight. We've gotten some good results. Michigan, they go ahead and cover against Rutgers. Uh, Washington State right now, they lead Washington. The Huskies have been slow out of the locker room after mm. halftime. Scored one point as we are now at the under-16 media timeout. They trail by 12 to the Cougars. Washington State, let, they laid 10 at the close here, total 136. So the Cougars in control at home in Pullman. But we want to kind of talk about what Jim 
said in the last segment there, we had Jim Rudon of Three Man Weave, always a friend of VEASAN, comes on the nightcap quite a bit here. Uh, I believe he was actually in studio last week, um, so he's a friend of the show. But he talked about this Providence Xavier team. And the thing with this Providence squad that everybody has been looking to fade is that they lead Ken Palm in the luck metric. Yes. Now, whatever goes into that luck metric, mm-hmm. clearly it's probably have to do with how many close games they yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three of their last four games have been overtime victories. Game, but games that they win where they're actually negative in the stats. Exactly. Like negative yeah. in the stats. And he says that we might be reaching a point to where we just some things that we just cannot quantify. And it feels like with this Providence team because they got some sort of rabbit foot in their pockets because, (laughs) my goodness, every close game, the ball bounces their way. Yeah, and it did here tonight. Uh, Triple overtime it took to beat Xavier in a game where there was probably a couple times where they should have lost. And, uh, you know, they're in control of their path to a Big East regular season title. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the Big East tournament, uh, I don't think that they're going to have enough luck to win this thing. I really don't. Yeah, it's going to be tough in the Big East tournament uh, at MSG. They're going to have to play some of those teams. That I mean, they had the open dates. Jim was explaining that to us there on the final week of the regular season. So yeah. Tuesday is their last regular season game. So they get a little bit of extra rest heading sure. up into that Big East tournament. And they'll here. have the buy-ins of the quarterfinals. Yep. So they'll have the buy the, the, the quarterfinals. So yeah. Now, if they have a good showing against Villanova, like let's not even say that they win the game. Mm-hmm. Let's say that they just lose by four. Would, they, would you start to buy into this Providence team? <laughs> you, you just can't get there with it. What if they win the game outright? Yeah, then I would. Okay, yeah, so have a little bit. If they them. win the game yeah. outright, then you'll yeah, buy it. That's an impressive win going on the road, uh, especially in a game that might not mean much. Uh, but to me, I just there's so many times that I've counted this team out before, and mm-hmm. I can't just. I, I know it's tough. Like I can't bet against them because of how many times they just survived. To me, it's like they'll eventually regress. Like this has to come it has back. To. It has to. It just uh, and, and you can't luck- play with fire so many times without getting burned. As somebody who bets college basketball quite a bit, luckily I have not gotten involved in their game, so I have not felt the pain mm. of the people who have been fading Providence and then trying to martingale this thing and double down and fade them the next week, and then only to see them win another miraculous game. Uh, I have not been a part of that, so maybe now I'll come in maybe conference tournament time or maybe NCAA tournament time. Like, But Jim said that they're yeah. going to be the team that's going to be the darling team that everybody's looking to fade, at least among the people who bet, to where it's like, man, you still might not be getting the best number there if you're looking to fade this team. You might be paying a little bit of a tax. <laughs> that's that's going to be true. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to hammer Villanova on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you have any stopping point? <laughs> Is there any number that would shy you off of the game? Yeah, I think it's double-digit win. Double-digit so. win, yeah. I mean, unless you're telling me it's a 12-point spread. I mean, <laughs> then, then I have to take Providence. But, no, I think I, I think Nova's going to roll them. So we got your Providence number at plus 12. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're going to open at. I think I can see nine and a half yeah. around that range. But maybe, or maybe I'm short in Providence. Maybe it's going to be seven. But I, I, if it's seven, I think everyone's going to hammer Nova. If it's Nova minus seven, I don't, I don't think they can hang that number there. It's a, it's to be closer to double digits between 79, 79, 63 final score. That's your final. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, Providence there. They win. I want to give them their credit. They win games. And that's what the name of the game is. It's not to cover. It's to win. And they are 23 and three so far this regular season. I also asked them about Michigan. Now this Michigan team. I've kind of circled them, and you know, I've been on this ever since yeah. this Juwan Howard suspension. I'm like, this is the rallying cry for a team that the metrics actually do love quite a bit. I mean, they've been a top 30 team in Ken Palm pretty much the entire year, 
and they don't really have the record that would back that up. But their underlying metrics have been really good. And I asked Jim if this could almost be like a UCLA of last year hmm. and make a kind of a magical run, yeah. an Elite Eight or Final Four after being a double-digit seed. Now, he didn't really agree with that. He says that they're dangerous, but he's not really buying into this Michigan team. Are you kind of in that same area? Well, we know that they're going to be in the first four, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're in the first four... Unless they uh, went out and won the Big Ten tourney. Oh, well, yeah. That, <laughs> but we've seen teams have success coming out of the first four and then making a little bit of run in the tournament. So let's say that they're in the first four, and I'm just going on uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology here, right? So he's got them against Memphis in the first four game, and they're going to be in the East region. So that would mean a a first-round matchup, excuse me, against Arkansas. They can win that game. Yeah. Okay. Second-round matchup against Duke. They will not win that game. That's a little tough. Okay, if they have to go to the other uh, play-in spot, let's say it's, um, where would it be? Uh, oh, I guess, no, that will be the 11 seed. The other play-in spot is for a 12 seed. 12, yeah. So let's say they're the 12. They maybe play a team like UConn in the first round. That's a winnable game. They could win it. Second round matchup against a team like Houston. It's a winnable game as well for them. I, I, I love Houston's yeah. defense, but it is a winnable. It's going to be a, it's a winnable game. It's going to be a rock fight. And then you're talking about, it, it, it all matters about the draw, but yet this could be a Michigan team that does win in Dayton and then wins two games and gets to the Sweet 16. Yeah, it would not surprise me whatsoever. Now, it also wouldn't surprise me if they lose by 15 in Dayton. Absolutely. Like, 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 <laughs> the, the wide range of possibilities, and that's kind of the point that I want to bring up here, is that the wide range of possibilities with this Michigan team, it's so volatile. Like, this could be a team that makes an Elite Eight. It could be a team that also doesn't even make the tournament. Like, they're not in just yet. Like, four games left. Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State. If they go one and three. They're not going to make the tournament. Unless they make a big run. Unless they win three games in the Big Ten tournament. Yes, unless they do that. Which, I mean, that's going to be tough. It's always a tough tournament out there in Indianapolis. But just this team is one of the more volatile teams in the country. To where, that's why I'm kind of interested in them in terms of a futures ticket. Just because... The ceiling is of a contender. The mm. floor is of a team that's in the NIT, but the ceiling mm-hmm. is of a contender. And that those are the teams I think right now, if you were to look at the futures market, those are the teams that you kind of want to take shots on. Not to, not, to, not anything too crazy, like, like no max play or something like that, but just a little nibble here because you might be able to put yourself in position to then make some money down the line in the tournament. I don't hate it. And, and when we get some sort of uh... – Futures market on will they, won't they make the tournament mm-hmm. could be something fun to bet on. Uh, and then maybe anything as far as how far they go in the tournament could get some good plus money uh, on them going, you know, a couple of rounds. I really hope this Michigan team does not lose me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I, I can feel myself buying in and, and trying to talk myself into it. And then they're just going to lay an egg probably next week or something like that. Let's hope that's not the case. Um, I know Jim is really big on the Arizona Wildcats, and that's a team yeah. that we haven't talked much about outside of the Pac-12 tournament. What do you think of the Arizona Wildcats heading into the field of 68? They're likely to be a number one seed. They have a first-time head coach. Now, that's kind of been one thing that I've been keeping my eye on. I was like, how is this going to work with a first-time head mm-hmm. coach? Tommy Lloyd was an assistant under Mark Fiewick Gonzaga, now the head coach of Arizona. But what do you think about this team and their makeup heading into the tourney? Uh, it, they impressed me with the revenge win against UCLA. 
mm-hmm. right? You know, you lose to UCLA, you come back, you beat UCLA. So that was a good spot uh, to sh- really, you know, show you what you're made of, right? Show everyone what they're made of. Um, and then there's really no one else in the in the Pac-12 that even is giving them a fight. So you look at this team, they're going to probably run through the Pac-12 tournament. It'll be another matchup against UCLA. Like right now it's what? USC, I think, is the second seed. But uh, UCLA could wind up being the second seed. So if it's UCLA as the second seed, then you're going to have UCLA and Arizona in the, in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, They win that game. They're a one seed in the NCAA tournament. And just based on the draw, it's like, who are you afraid of in any bracket until they get to, let's say, the Elite Eight. And they have to play a regional final against a two seed that could be a Baylor or a Texas Tech or somebody like that. I think Duke would be the team that they don't want to see. Just because of I don't I don't think they would put Duke as a three seed in their the region. Because if Arizona's a one, they're gonna be in the South. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so they, they wouldn't have Duke. They would have though a Baylor or a Texas Tech as the two seed, somebody like that. I still need to see more from And Tech. then you're talking about a game in San Antonio with Texas Tech or Baylor against Arizona? Taking the dogs in that one. I need to see more from Texas Tech's offense. But, I mean, they got it done with defense strictly the year they made it all the way to the national title. So maybe I shouldn't be apprehensive about the Red Raiders. But I need to see a little more. On the other side, who will make the playoffs? Who will miss the playoffs in the NBA? It's the nightcap here on Visa. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a better or smarter better, I should say, year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here. And Scott, let's turn our attention back to the NBA. And during the break, I was looking at some of the odds we have right here. So this we'll talk was, will they make the playoffs? There's yes, no prices mm-hmm. over at DraftKings. And we got to start with the marquee franchise here, the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, let's, let me just clarify here. This does not count the play-in tournament. It does not. Th- no, thank you for bringing that up. It does not count the play-in. You have to be one of the one through eight seeds. Yes. This once is, the play-in's yes. over. So you have to, if you're talking about a team that's in that 7 to 10 range, you have to win that play-in. You, yes. have, to, you, have, to, you have to be one of the two teams that get the 7 or the 8. Yes. So you have to be, you have to, this is the actual playoffs, not the play-in round. Thank you for clarifying yeah. that because that, that is a big big uh, distinction there in terms yeah. of betting into mm-hmm. this market. So the LA Lakers who uh, were in the playing tournament last year, yep. they played their way in as a number seven seed, ultimately lost to the Phoenix suns in the first round. They it's I'm surprised to see a plus money price here, but the yes for the Lakers to make the playoffs is even money. Mm. The no minus one thirty. I'm looking at the standings right now in the Western conference. They're the the Lakers are the nine uh-huh. seed and they are two and a half games up 
on the Portland Trailblazers, who are the 10 seed. So right now they would host Portland in a 9-10 game and then take on the loser of the 7-8 game, which would be Minnesota and the LA Clippers if that playoff started right now, or the playing tournament, I should say. But would you take the Lakers? Any of this yes-no interests you in the Lakers right now? Even money with what we know, their experience, they're going to get Anthony Davis back. Sure. What do you think about the yes, they're at even money with the Lakers making the playoffs? I guess the question you have to ask yourself is will they will they finish maybe as the seven or the eight seed? Mm-hmm. Because if you're the seven or the eight, you got two chances. Yep. Right? Because the seven plays the eight, the nine plays the ten, the loser of the seven eight plays the winner of the nine and the ten to get the eight seed. So you have two chances, essentially. Yeah. Um if they're the nine and now it's a 9-10 matchup, win, and then you have to win two games to, to really uh, have a chance now? Um, I don't know. Don't know if they're going to do it. Right now, they're a game and a half back of the Clippers for the eight, and then two and a half back, or I guess three and a half back of, of Minnesota. Yeah, LeBron's going to do it by himself, but this is an older team, and without Anthony Davis, they're not any good. Uh, they're one of the worst teams against the spread in the NBA. I I I, I can't take the yes. I got I got to go with no. You would go no. You would lay the minus one thirty. I I'd, I'd rather have that. Yeah. I think I would take the yes, just because it's you're giving me a coin flip with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So we think Anthony sure. Davis will be healthy, but you're giving me a coin flip of all right. You're telling me it's even money 50-50. Let's go to war. <laughs> I'm going to war with the Los Angeles Lakers because. I think that the Lakers, they're either going to be the eight or the nine. I don't think they can get up to the seven seed. Just yeah. I, unless they catch fire in the final third of the regular season, they're going to be the eight or the nine. Maybe they're the 10 in that aspect. I don't think they will fall out of the playoffs, although they're only four and a half games up the San Antonio Spurs or the current 11 speed. So if they're the eight or the nine, you think that the Clippers would be able to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, so if the Clippers get to the seven seed, now you're talking about the Lakers needing to beat the Portland Trailblazers, who maybe Dame Lillard is back at that point. Maybe he's not. Well, Nurkic we'll is out now Nurkic, four weeks. Nurkic is now out for a good chunk of time here. I would like my chances with LeBron James favored at home against the Portland Trailblazers. Now without C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell, like those guys are gone now. Watch out for the Pelicans. You think the well, Pelicans can get in? What there? if they? The Pelicans are only a game and a half back I mean, of the I mean, ten seed. I mean, yeah, C.J. McCollum's there with the with the Pelicans now. Zion so returns. It's. it's I mean, Zion's not coming back. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's, not, he's not coming back. I think you and I have as good amount of chances of playing for the rest of the Pelicans the rest of this season as Zion does. But I think the Lakers would be favored in that game as a 9-10 matchup. And if they win that game, there's a good chance they're probably going to face the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think mm-hmm. the Clippers would beat the Timberwolves in that 7-8 game. So you're telling me that you have to now go to Minnesota where you would once again be favored in a Win and in, lose and go home situation. It's a game seven. Which one of these teams is experiencing though? It's the yeah, Lakers. Be the Lakers. LeBron yeah. James has played in a number of game sevens versus the Timberwolves team that's led by Anthony Edwards, who is a second year I can player. see the argument, like, and, and it just very easily happened as much as it can very easily yes. not happen. Uh, it comes down to just where they where they finish in the regular season. That's, this, that's, that's the bottom line. If they finish with the seven or the eight, they're in a much better situation than if they finish it as nine or a ten. Yeah. No. And if yeah. you and if they're the seven or the eight, you get two cracks at yeah. it. So that, that that's why to me at even money because I know around town here at the Westgate, I think it's minus one ten each way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really get involved in that one. But if you're gonna give me even money here on the yes, I mean, I'm interested. 
couple more losses, you might be able to turn that into plus money. You, you really could. <laughs> and it could get dicey with a couple more losses because you might need two road victories right, to family, get into the playoffs. The miracle is alive. Are we okay? alive here? We are alive. With three minutes left or so, we have gotten the tie-breaking goal. There we go. So it is now 3-2 to two in this L.A.-Arizona game, meaning – Empty net. The empty net empty is net. alive. Empty we net. We just need one goal to hit the over. <laughs> Let's and, get you that empty net. And we, listen, this was a scoreless game after one, and I was sweating. The live total was four and a half. Last leg on a parlor. I need six goals. The live total was four and a half. But <laughs> after four goals in the second period, the live total shot up to seven and a half. And I'm thinking this is an automatic win. And then we go the first 16 minutes of the third period <laughs> with zero goals and not one, not two, but three posts hit mm. in this period as I'm watching while we're on the air and seeing the replays. Thankfully, we do get a goal. There's three minutes left. I'm just waiting for the net to be empty and uh, keeping the fingers crossed that we get the empty netter. Let's get you or, that. Or a tying goal for Arizona. I mean, either way, I'll just I'll, I'll take any one goal. Let's get you that empty netter yeah. to get you over five and a half goals Please. here. Um, I want to look at the Eastern Conference here, and I want to talk about the number 10 seed Atlanta Hawks. Mm. This was an Atlanta Hawks team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals sure. a year ago, which even sounds crazy to say out loud. Started right off now, the season so poorly. Oh, my God. They're 28 and 30 right now, nine and a half games back of the number one seed, which is, has them in the 10 seed right now, but they're only a game up on the Washington Wizards, who are the current 11 seed. And at DraftKings, the Hawks are plus 160, the yes to make the playoffs, minus 215 on the no. Where would you go here with this Atlanta So team? I like Atlanta for the rest of the season. I do think that they're going to play well. I do think that they're going to be comfortably in that play-in tournament. The question you have to ask yourself is, are they going to win in that play-in tournament? Yes. And if the Brooklyn Nets are involved in that play-in tournament, it's, tough. it's going to be tough. If the Celtics are involved in that play-in tournament, it's going to be tough. They would be underdogs pretty much in every single game in that play-in tournament. Maybe even dogs if they have to go to Charlotte to play the Hornets. So uh, it's it's dicey because they're, they're not going to win enough to get to the sixth seed. And I think there'll be dogs in every matchup in the play-in tournament. Yeah. No, but that, they're that, capable of winning. Did it go in? The empty net? I did not see it. No, it didn't, it didn't go in. How much time do you got left there? There is two and change because Arizona's on a power play. So they pulled the goalie to get a six-on-four advantage here. Well, you got your empty net. You got two minutes now. And I got a six-on-four power. Go. Empty net. Empty net. These go. Nope. No, oh, I thought I saw a fan put their hand, their arms up there. <laughs> I but, think that, that fan's got the under. Yeah. <laughs> you're going, you're going head to head There's with someone, that person. That fan, that, that fan under. is at the game right now. He's got the under. He saw that shot go wide and he celebrated. <laughs> he is sweating that one out. Uh, we'll see if we can get you your empty net here. We got a minute left here. You said the Pelicans are a team that could be creeping up plus six hundred. The yes to make. You gotta the love the way that they've been playing. I mean, they don't. They, they're not an easy out. You throw a little something on that plus six hundred. Ooh. You're talking I mean, about I mean, winning two games now in a playing round? Talking about winning two games, likely both on the yeah. road. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I, I think I'd take them with the points, though, in those games. Or you could just, I mean, take them on the money line then roll it over to the next game as well. If, the they, win. Yeah, if yeah, they win, yeah, if they win. But, I mean, I, could, I would certainly like them taking the points, you know. Pelicans, uh, Pelicans, 
at the Lakers. Lakers laying six? Something like that. Six and a half? Give me the Pelicans. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating market. Yeah. It is a fascinating market just because not only do you need your teams to get into that playing tournament, you need them to also win in that playing tournament. It's yep. why I would look at the Lakers. Lakers, if you're giving me even money, I'm going to try to find a shop here around town that's giving me even money because, I mean, I, I got to fire in on that. I, I'm, I'm not sold on the Lakers in terms of doing anything once they get into the playoffs, but I think they get there. Yeah. I just think that they get there, and we'll see. Maybe the, the injuries will happen to where they're not able to get there as well, but, I mean, I'd like the Lakers team going forward to reach the postseason. On the other side, it's the final segment. We take a look at tomorrow's card in College Hoops. Here, it's the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. Need more college basketball insight? Well, check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, catch up on every vcin show as well. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Nightcap coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook. Femi Bebfe alongside Scott Seidenberg. And uh, during the break, um, I, I don't even know how to tee this up here. Uh, Scott. Dejected. Just, just, just why don't you let the folks know. It was the last lick of your parlay, buddy. I'm, I'm yeah. feeling bad. Last lick of a 10 to 1 parlay. Well, 9.7 to 1 parlay. And uh, an empty net for over three minutes of ice time. No goal. Yeah. No goal. It's 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 one of the things that we say in betting. It's uh, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> things like that happen. Um, it was brutal. We were really, there was it looked like there was a player who was in on goal for a second. They were about oh, they had they had about uh, three chances yeah. to put the puck in the empty net. Two of them, the shots went wide, and on the third one, the defender came in and made a nice play to uh, stop the uh, Kings player from getting the uh, the goal. But uh, Kings win three to two. And the over five and a half does not come through despite being 2-2 after two periods. And like I said, an empty net for about three minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah, that's uh, brutal. 
Hey, but we got another hockey slate tomorrow. We got the NBA coming back from the All-Star break tomorrow I can, as well. I'm so happy There's... the NBA is back. But we do, like, like our guest JJ was, was right earlier. You do have to be careful in these first games after the yes. All-Star break. It, it could seem like uh, a, a slam dunk here, pun intended, to kind of <laughs> bet some of these games and look at, you know, Cleveland's playing Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. But no Karis LeVert, no Darius Garland. Cleveland's still laying seven and a half right now. I'd be a little careful about the Cavaliers on the seven and a half against the Detroit team that prior to the break beat the Boston Celtics. Yep. So uh, without Levert, without Garland, maybe take a step back here. And then Celtics laying seven against the Nets would seem like the play, but maybe the Nets kind of play with a chip on their shoulder knowing that, hey, Durant was at practice today and, and Kyrie Irving's going to be able to play in New York and – Maybe they have some confidence, and they go out there and they upset the Celtics team. Yeah, JJ thought that the Celtics might be the public bet of the yeah, day. Yeah, I think so. And it could be. Yeah, I mean, people are going to see the Celtics team that was playing really well uh, pre All Star break, and now with no Kyrie there for the Nets and mm-hmm. all, like, all the and same thing. Look, Suns are laying nine and a half on the road against the Thunder. I'm not interested in first that. game. No, no Chris Paul now. What are you going to do? Like, Thunder, one of the best ATS teams in the league, second as well. best in the league. Yeah, yeah, only behind the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, let's turn our attention to the college basketball card going on. We actually have a good game in the Pac-12 between Washington and Washington State. Cougars lead by six. We'll keep our eyes on that. But tomorrow in college hoops, the Big Ten br- brings us our first or only, I should say, top 25 mm-hmm. showdown as number 22 Ohio State visits number 15 Illinois in Champaign. The Illini six-point favorites at DraftKings. The total right now is 141. We had Jim Root on of Three Man Weave earlier. He said that he would be a little cautious of laying six with Illinois, but he'd like the Illini to get it done straight up at least against the Buckeyes. Yeah, I like Illinois too in this matchup. Um, and I think, you know, Coffee Cockburn and, 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 and the rest of them will have a good game. Six, we've seen it's actually the favorites have actually been doing pretty well. Over the past couple of days in college hoops, yeah. um, it, you know, I think uh, today, yesterday was a, I think, a twenty-eight or so, like the, like the big ones. All the favorites won. Uh, I think uh, Ken Palmola's predictions came true uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, on, he was on taking the, the victory lap. Yeah, um, and today too, you had a bunch of favorites that came through. A couple of underdogs covered, uh, but I, I don't. I wouldn't want. Let's just say I wouldn't want to be on the Buckeyes side. No. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'm comfortable with the six points, but. I don't want to. I don't want to be on the Buckeye side chasing the game the whole time. The whole can night. I can I interest you in the over? Because I kind of like the over in this game here. And more than I think about it, Ohio State is really efficient in terms of their two point offense. I have, I don't think they have any semblance of a hope of stopping Kofi Coburn inside for Illinois. I think this could trend over here in this game between the Buckeyes and the Illini. So, does Illinois have to get to eighty, or? Is 70, 75 okay to hit this? 75, 70 is 145. So, you know, so yeah. that, that, that would hit the over. This is this a 75, 65 game to get it to be 140? I think Buckeyes can get to mid 60s, and I don't think they're going to stop Illinois from getting to at least 70. So, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I think yeah, you, you, can pencil in, you can pencil in Illinois for 75. To, I don't know if they have to get to 80 to hit this over, but yeah, I don't think they will. 75 to 79 range? I'm talking myself into it. 
Okay. Talking myself into it. We'll see. There was a lot of time left between now and tip-off. Also in the West Coast Conference, let's get a little West Coast action. The number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, taking on the San Francisco Dons over at War Memorial Gymnasium. And Gonzaga over at DraftKings, nine-and-a-half point favorites, total 155-and-a-half. And this is going to be one of their first true road tests mm. of conference play. Kind of want to lay it. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. We talked about it earlier. I'm telling anything under double digits, I want to lay it with Gonzaga. I, I kind of do. Um, you know, because of, there's so much outside noise when it comes to the opponents that they play, mm -hmm. the conference that they play in, uh, it, it's just one of those spots where Gonzaga, for the rest of the season now, has their two big road games, San Francisco and St. Mary's. Could there be a little look ahead to St. Mary's? Maybe. I don't think this team falls into those type of traps no. where they're looking ahead to any opponent. So uh, I, I think they'll win and then set up that matchup with St. Mary's. Knowing what I know about Mark Few and that program, they bring it on the road. You yeah. can maybe get them a little kind of lackadaisical at home sometimes in the kennel where they're comfortable, but on the road, especially when they're playing good teams, they absolutely bring it in the WCC. Anything under double digits, I'm going to lay it with Gonzaga. I'm just going to tell you that right now. As we sit at nine and a half, we could be going to they 10 won, by tomorrow. They beat them by, what, 15, 16, something like that yeah. last time they played that, them? Yeah, it, I, I just, San Francisco is a good team, but Gonzaga, they're also coming off of kind of a lackluster shooting performance against Santa Clara. They're, they're the best two-point percentage team in the country. I think they get back and regress positively. I like Gonzaga to roll against San Francisco. Pac-12, UCLA is only laying three against Oregon. Is that one of those Tim Murray, something smells fishy, stinky lines, whatever? I don't know if something is smelling fishy with this game between UCLA and Oregon, but I think it's more so just the right number there. Because mm. Oregon, they've been up and down, but you got to give them the credit for their home court advantage there. And Dana Altman, once we approach March, his teams tend to peak at the right time and play their best towards the end of the season. However, I don't know if I can get plus three. I'd like I'd like a little bit more if I want to back the Ducks here, which maybe that's why you're asking the question of it. Yeah. Does it smell a little bit? Because you'd want more, and they're only giving you three, which means they might be the right side. Mm -hmm. But to me, I think the side is the under because of that. Like, I would never lay it with UCLA. I think that this is going to be a closely contested game. It's going to be a little bit lower scoring than the market thinks to where I would lean toward the under. Sticking in the Pac-12, how does Arizona not win by 20? <laughs> Just apathy. That, that's that's the only thing that I can come up with. Just because they're on the road? Just because they're on the road. Okay. And I will say that Utah is a tough place to play for a lot of teams in the Pac-12. That Utah-Colorado road trip hmm. in a week is always difficult out there in the Rocky Mountains. Arizona Wildcats at DraftKings laying 11.5, total 150 here. Um, I don't want to step in front of Arizona for sure. I'm not taking Utah, but I don't think I'd want to lay 11.5 or 12 in a Rocky Mountain kind of game where the altitude a little bit, it just to me feels like a spot to where the Wildcats can come in a little just rela <laughs> too relaxed for my liking there. Can I interest you in some money line parlay action? Oh, hey now. Like, are we just, throwing some dogs in here or are we going all favorites? No, we're going favorites. I okay. mean, once, I mean, look, I don't have the Chalk numbers. Chalk City parlay. I don't got the numbers just yet. Yeah, but Chalk City parlay. <laughs> Chalk City parlay. U USC, Arizona, St. Mary's. UCLA, Illinois, Gonzaga. I don't want UCLA in there. Okay, then take take UCLA out. Gonzaga, 
Illinois, St. Mary's, Arizona, USC. It's got to give you at least even money. These are college kids. It's got to give you at least even money. <laughs> These are college kids. So you might get good it's, plus money then, yeah. You, you could get yeah, plus if, money. If Illinois is only like plus 140, I 150, think, I do think then Illinois, you'll get plus money then. I do Take Illinois out the of it then. Take Illinois out of no, it then. I do think Illinois wins the game, so I okay. want to keep them in there because I don't okay. trust Ohio State going on. Then the who loses? Who's losing? USC is not losing to three-win Oregon State. Arizona is not losing to Utah. St. Mary's is not losing to San Diego. Andy Enfield on the road. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, may, maybe. We might, we this might has have. got day one NCAA tournament <laughs> vibes, okay? These teams are all winning and advancing. We got 10 seconds left. Thank you to Brad Evans of Bally Sports. Thank you to John Jastrzemski of The Ringer. And thank you to Jim Root at Three Man Weave. Coming up next, The Look Ahead with Greg Peterson here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. 